0: You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi and welcome to our weekly update on Tuesday 19th of March 2019. Gavin O'Carroll here from AIB Customer Treasury Services and Oliver Mangan, our Chief Economist, joins us. Uh, Oli, thank you for last week's uh, London visit with the Confederation of British Industry. Very interesting podcast. Uh, Following the chaotic scenes in the House of Commons
1: last week, will you
0: bring us up to speed
1: well, it was certainly chaotic and uh, I would say unprecedented, but some of the fog over the English Channel in regard to Brexit is beginning to clear a bit. Um, I think you know, what's clear after last week is the UK will not be leaving um, the EU uh, on the scheduled date of the 29th of March. Uh, the UK Parliament voted uh, for an extension to what's called Article 50 to delay Brexit Now, we're still not clear what that actually means. Um, The UK is looking for a short extension. A lot will depend on the upcoming vote in the House of Commons, the third vote in relation to whether the House of Commons approves the withdrawal agreement or not. Um, People who are in the Tory party against that agreement, the so-called hard Brexiteers, now realise that this may be the only opportunity they have to secure a near-term Brexit for the UK and all the indications are that more and more of them will back the withdrawal agreement. It's still not clear though um, if all of them will and nearly all of them are required for that agreement to pass. So we have two scenarios here. Um, If the withdrawal agreement is passed this week and then Theresa May goes to the EU summit uh, at the end of the week, uh, she will seek a short-term Uh, what we call a technical extension to Article 50 to allow sufficient time for the UK Parliament to pass the enabling legislation, the secondary legislation to give legal effect to the withdrawal agreement. Uh, Now, I think the EU is of the view it would be much easier from the point of view of the European elections parliamentary elections, which are scheduled for mid-May if the extension did not go beyond that period it doesn't complicate the elections. On the other hand uh, if the withdrawal agreement still hasn't been passed, uh, it's unlikely that the EU would grant the UK a short-term extension because of say, well, for what reason? I think the feeling the EU, uh, and now this is not certain yet, but certainly a lot of EU le- leaders seem to have the view that actually the UK is so badly divided on this that a much longer period uh, is required in terms of the Article 50 extension. Some people are saying it could be even extend out till the end of 2020. So that's a really long delay to Brexit. And goodness knows what happens uh, over that period. Um, so I think uh, some of the fog is lifted. I think it's clear the UK is not leaving at the end of March. But we're still not clear in terms of what form this extension takes, whether the withdrawal agreement will be passed, uh, whether the UK will be gone within a couple of months or whether the UK could be still in the EU in a couple of years' time. So in terms of the parliamentary
0: actions last week, and you could call them a divided parliament along with a divided nation in terms of Brexit, if they've said that they don't want, and the majority of the politicians don't want to leave the EU on the 20th of March without a deal, and that's a consistent message that you've brought to us over the last number of months, at the same time you still have to have the statutes in place not to leave, i.e., you have to have gone to the EU summits, you have to have gone to Europeans, and it got the agreement from all the parliaments, or at least yeah, the politicians. Yeah, well, I think, the there's
1: no doubt that the EU doesn't want to take the blame for the UK crashing out without a deal uh, at the end of March, so it, it will grant some form of extension
0: at the 21st, 22nd summit this yes, week.
1: Yes, this the, this upcoming summit. No, it, it may it may just defer for a couple of days, but it will grant the UK an extension to Article 50 to prevent it crashing out without a deal at the end of March. We can take that for granted. What's unclear is whether that'll be a short extension. It will be a short extension if there's a path towards uh, an orderly Brexit, i.e. The, the, the withdrawal agreement is ratified. It's likely to be a much longer extension if there's still no sign of the UK ratifying the withdrawal agreement.
0: If you listen to debates, the political debates on RT and Sky News and BBC at night time after the parliamentary ramifications of each day as it rolls on, you do sense that they still don't have the votes and it is going to be tight in terms of her bringing it back for another meaningful vote again.
1: So close. I would be surprised if there's a fourth vote. Let's say, for example, that the withdrawal agreement in the next couple of days, the vote, that's lost by 10 to 20 votes. Uh, The Prime Minister then goes to the EU summit and they say, well, you can have a short-term extension only to ratify that withdrawal agreement. Otherwise, it's a two-year or 21-month extension. She may well bring back the agreement to the House and say, we've two options here. It's our call. If we ratify the deal, we can leave within the next number of weeks. We'll have a short-term extension. If we don't, We're stuck in the EU for uh, quite a long period of time. What do you want? That's her main negotiating That's her hook. hook. So, I mean, I'd say if it's lost this week, the vote, the margin will be important. You can imagine the pressure that will come on some Labour MPs and some hardline Brexit MPs that are still holding out there uh, to support the withdrawal agreement in the fourth vote to ensure the UK leaves within a couple of months.
0: It's, it's more than important to stay close to this story, but it's borderline addictive if you're watching this late in the evening and, and, and hearing the debates because yeah. there's so much complexity to the political dimension, and yet the direct effect is the news stories we heard about the tariffs that could be applied to, to the economies. Yeah, well, I, I think
1: you know, from sterling watchers or people who look to house the currency, it's important to think this through as well. I mean, sterling has obviously made good gains this year. And we've seen it this week: the euro fall back to eighty-five p. uh sterling's above one thirty-two against the dollar, uh, and it's all based on optimism, uh, quite correctly, that a hard Brexit will be avoided, at the no-deal Brexit will be avoided into March. But think this through in terms of what's going to come down the road here. If the withdrawal agreement is ratified, I've consistently said this is the end of the beginning mm. of the process. Really tough tra- trade talks uh, lie ahead, and we saw the type of ideas the UK has uh, in terms of the. Uh, draft proposals there for tariffs in the event of a no-deal Brexit. These are going to be very difficult negotiations and a lot of uncertainty. We we still don't know what the final shape of Brexit will be in terms of future trading relationship with the EU, even if the withdrawal agreement is ratified. And if it's not ratified, well, then we're into a prolonged period of uncertainty. There could be moves towards a softer Brexit. There may still be no progress at all. The the Parliament does not coalesce around an agreed exit option. So I think um, once, you know, once this week or two passes and we get into April, we could still be looking at a lot of uncertainty around Brexit, regardless whether the, rat- the the withdrawal agreement is ratified or not. And it's very hard, in my view, to see Sterling continuing to make games in those sort of circumstances. In fact, as uncertainty begins to deepen again, uh, we could see Sterling drifting lower. Absolutely. So don't automatically assume. You might get a bounce in the currency if the withdrawal agreement is voted through, but don't automatically assume that sterling is out of the breaks of woods there's a very tricky period ahead which could last a couple of years be it for trade negotiations be it because the UK is still in the EU Uh, a lot of uncertainty will still persist, which could weigh on the currency. It doesn't mean it will fall dramatically, but it could drift lower over a period of time. It's important to bear that in mind.
0: Customers should definitely be always considering the need for potential hedging of their currency exposures, whether payables or receivables. Um, Ali, the data this week, we've got uh, provisional flash PMI data in the Eurozone and from the US uh, from March. Yeah, I think
1: there, what we'll be looking for, we've highlighted before, the, the the data on the manufacturing side have been very weak, reflecting, you know, a marked slowdown in global trade, uh, the difficulties in terms of slowdown in the Chinese economy, uh, the, the, obviously the tariff wars the US and China. So uh, we'll be looking at the PMIs, particularly the manufacturing sector, to see whether it continues to weaken or not. Okay, Fed Wednesday nice, and uh, they've got their new rate forecast you mentioned? Correct. Um, now, the Fed... <laughs> In its December forecast, was forecasting three more rate hikes. The market has since moved to pricing in a rate cut for next year. So I think we can expect that the Fed will scale back the extent of the rate increases. I don't think it'll go the full way, though, and start to price in or suggest that rates could be cut. So maybe some further modest tightening might be embodied into the Fed forecast. If there is the Fed, what it's doing here, it's taking a time out. It wants the, to assess how the data in the US economy perform in the first six months of the year before where it's going to go with, or before it decides where it's going to go on monetary policy. The word from the Fed is from here on in, you know, the, the policy rate increases, rate cuts are all data dependent. That's the key word. Bank of England on Thursday as well. Look,
0: it's going to be a lot of politics in the UK more important this week. You were going to say
1: EU summit Thursday, Friday? Yeah, obviously we'll see what the mood of the EU leaders is. Uh, The vote in the House of Parliament on the withdrawal agreement that precedes it will will set the tone. Uh, But I don't think the EU leaders are going to give a blank check here to the UK.
0: Stay close to developments, listeners. Thank you, Ollie, and thank you for listening to our Market Talk. You can subscribe to AAB's Market Talk on SoundCloud or the podcast apps for iOS or Androids. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.